Hey, good morning, church. It's great to hear you worship this morning, to sing, and it's great to see so many new faces as always with us on the weekend. If this is your first time to MCC, we welcome you, and certainly those of you who are coming back week after week and planting yourselves here and planting yourself in God's Word, we're so excited to make the journey with you. You know, we all struggle at times with making connection, and with connection comes communicating. And as a people, as a world today, we should be more connected than ever. The, the means of communication are endless. We have the internet, we have social media, we have cell phones, we still have a few landlines. Any landlines still left out there, right? There's, there's all these different ways that we can communicate, but yet there are times when it becomes so frustrating. There are times that we just seem to fail in our ability to connect. I live up in the west part of the county, up in Scott County, Scottsburg, and on the way down, I go through what I call the twilight zone about Underwood. And I'm on the phone with somebody, and it's, it never fails. It's right in the middle of one of those conversations that you could take one way or another, right? And right, right about the time we're at that crucial point in the conversation, the line drops. And you're like, oh boy, I wonder how they interpreted that. And, and I know soon enough because I try to call them back and they don't answer, right? <laughs> we make a post on social media that was intended to just knock somebody down. But we end up knocking out somebody that we really care for by taking such a broad sweep or broad stroke in some of our posts. Even our connection with God can become difficult, can become hard. He chooses different methods to communicate and connect with us than, than maybe what we would choose. Anybody have one of those people in your life? Maybe you're one of those people. You're in the middle of a conversation with them and it's getting pretty serious and you're already calculating and framing how you're going to respond to what it is that they're saying to you. You know, I, I have those conversations with a family member, like not, not my wife. Not, now, she might say that about me, but she's a great listener. But, but I have someone else in my family that is that way. They're already responding before I can even get out what it is that I want to share. And you know, I find that happening in my conversations with God, especially when it comes to me listening. While he's trying his best, while he's doing his all to communicate and to, to give me what I need for my life, I'm already formulating, well, what about this? Well, what about that? You know, I'm one of those people that would really prefer God give me a billboard in life. I've been thinking a lot about buying a truck. I sold my truck several years ago so I could get Sarah a Jeep. And those of you guys who have had a truck, you know you just can't live without a truck. Can you, Rob Mitchum, right? And so a few weeks ago before I bought a truck, when I was driving down the road, I was like, okay, Lord, Lord, if you want me to have a truck, if it's your will for me to have a truck, then let me pass three red trucks in the next three minutes, right? <laughs> Anybody do? I know, I know you guys do that. We're looking for a billboard, but what does God give us? God gives us his word. We, we want him to shout. We, we want to hear an audible voice, but what does he give us? He gives us his spirit, sometimes that gentle whisper within our soul. Sometimes we wonder if he really even wants connection 
at all. Well, rest assured that he does. Through the prophet Isaiah, God spoke this about his desire to connect with his people. He said, before they call, I will answer. And I love this. While they're still speaking, notice he doesn't say, I'm framing my response. But while they're still speaking, I'm listening. I will hear. And when we make the decision, the decision that we're focusing on this year as a church family through God's word, when we make the decision to be firmly planted, to be deeply rooted in a relationship with Jesus Christ, then we need to understand how that connection is made, beginning with the very practical, everyday ways that God chooses to communicate with his created. And that's what I want to share with you this weekend. It seems like more of a teaching than a sermon, but I hope that God will use this this week to deepen your connection with him. And so let's pray and we'll dive right in together. Father, today as we turn to your word and as we intentionally continue or perhaps begin for the first time to set the roots of our life down into your word, we are grateful that you have given us a complete Revelation. You have given us all that is needed to know you, to know your ways, to know ourselves, and how to navigate and live a life that flourishes. We want to know you more. We want to hear you when you speak. And God, we want to hear you in such a way that we can form our lives to your answer to the questions that have certainly at times brought conflict within us. And so we receive your truth today with the intention of living in alignment with that truth now and always. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, grab a Bible. And you remember last week, I encouraged you to make the commitment to bring the physical word of God with you. There's nothing wrong with using it on your phone, but I think you'll find that by having the physical Bible with you, you will be more intentional in being in it. So if you didn't bring one with you, there's one in the seat bottom in front of you, but we're going to be in the book of Psalms again this week. Remember where we found Psalms last time we take our Bible and we just kind of float it open to the very middle. And right in the middle, you'll come right into the middle of the book of Psalms, 150 chapters in length. And we're going to be in Psalm chapter 19. Join me while you're turning there in congratulating Scott Poindexter. He was present last night. He was the last eating at Brazario's Friday night with about 70 of us men. Now, that's a man right there. <laughs> Two and a half hours straight eating meat. Man, that was awesome, right? And he lived to tell us about it. He was, here, he was here last night. Doubled over nonetheless, but he was here. Well, in Psalm chapter 19, I want us to see the first of six ways. Six ways that God invites us to connect with him in a meaningful way. And that is, first of all, through creation. God chooses for us to connect with him through creation, God's otherwise invisible qualities, those things that, that we can't necessarily see, those invisible qualities of God become visible to us by observing his creation. Now, all of those who have been looking for a reason to be in the deer stand, I'm not giving you one, okay? That's not how we're talking about observing creation. Through creation, we can see the declaration of God's existence. When we look 
at the sunrise or the sunset, when we look at the mountains, when we look at the intricacies of the human body, of the mind, these shout, these declare that there is a God, that there is the God, the God who created everything. They reveal God's creative hand. Just think of the creativity in the mind of God when you look at the, <clears throat> the vastness of all that he and the uniqueness of all that he's created. And it also reveals, it declares the knowledge of God. What great knowledge he has. Psalm chapter 19 verse 1 reads, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Yet many today, perhaps you have been or perhaps you are one of them today that wants to ignore the reality that there is a God and that that God is not you. You deny any connection with God, even his existence. But Romans 1.20 says this, that because of creation, we, you who choose to deny the existence of God, are without excuse. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Now, for my oldest daughter, Olivia, who turns 18 next month, creation has been an important aspect of her faith and her relationship with God. Even before she could really speak, she was pointing out the moon and the stars and the sun to us. In fact, she was so fascinated by the moon that we would go out during the day and she would point up into a clearly lit sky and she could see that faint outline that you can see at certain times. She could pick it out before any of the other things that you would think a young child would be paying attention to. In the darkness of the night, she would want to go outside when she was, when it was the days were short like they are now before her eight o'clock bedtime. And she would, she would point out the brightness of the moon. She would look it up and know the phases and know when the harvest moon was coming and the big red moon. We even bought her a moon with a remote control so that she would go to bed and be able to look up and see the moon in her room. And later, as she grew and as she matured, not only did the moon fascinate her but she would take us on these journeys to to the center of the desert of Arizona or to the brink of the Grand Canyon or to the highest mountain in the Rockies trying to kill old man dad climbing there and we would go there to see the sun rise or to see the sun set and it, it not only caught her eye but it caught the lens of her camera seeing the grandeur of God's creation, all of which pour out their speech. There is a God, and it isn't me. 
He created it all, who proclaimed the work of his hands. God alone defines me. I am confident today that part of my daughter's faith and my family's faith through her has come through her paying attention to the most simple but the most intricate things that we take for granted in creation. Creation that reveals knowledge. I was created by the same God. Through creation, the words of scripture and the songs that say, even if the rocks cry out, right? If the rocks cry out in worship, so will I. The second way that God's chosen for us to connect with him or to hear from him is through other people. Through other people. God chooses for us to hear the word of God through human voice. Now, in the Old Testament, God spoke directly. He spoke directly to prophets. People like Moses, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Micah, Malachi, and others. The message that they were to do what? That they were to audibly speak to God's people. Others heard from God in dreams and visions like Jacob, Ezekiel, who saw visions. King Saul. King Saul, who began to hear from God and spoke for God, when in 1 Samuel chapter 10, it says the Spirit of God came powerfully upon him. But in most cases, those are the exceptions. Because in most cases, people did not hear directly from God. They were responsible to read God's written word just as we are today. Isaiah told the people of Judah that they had a responsibility to consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. That is, they were to read the written word of God already delivered to them. Today, that means that when your pastor, whether it's me or one of the other guys that are called to preach, it means that you should be hearing God's word, written word, through them. One of the greatest compliments that wasn't meant to be a compliment back when I first started preaching almost 18 years ago, there's a little lady over here and after service, she, I went over to say hello to her and she said, you use way too much scripture. <laughs> like, well, well, what else do you want? did you come to hear, right? My opinion really isn't worth anything. Let me give you God's word. And listen, let me just give you a little bit of warning too. There are so many today who feel that, that maybe it's attractive in some way, maybe they're on a power trip, maybe they are sincere in believing this themselves, even though God's word denies it. But there are men and women in the pulpit today who say, I've got a word that I received from God this week that I need to give you. And that word is nowhere in scripture. It's a new revelation. My friends, we have the complete revelation right here in the word of God. There needs not be any further revelation for us to connect and to communicate with him. Nothing more is needed. A friend's advice, who do you turn to? Please don't tell me that you just go out on Facebook every time that you have a decision to make and say, okay, I, I love it. Ready, set, go, right? It's like you're going to take a person's advice who is rushing to give you recommendations. Seriously? 
a person's advice that you seek, you should only seek the counsel of someone who will give you advice that is saturated by God's word. Well, God says this in this book of the Bible. This is what I think that you should consider doing. That's how God chooses to communicate and connect to us through the audible voice of men and women who speak God's written word. And that's the third way that God has chosen to communicate and connect with us. And that is we connect and speak with God today through his word, the sword of the spirit. The Bible is referred to as the Holy Spirit's sword. The sword of the spirit, Ephesians 6, 17 says, which is the word of God. Now the Bible is called God's word for a specific reason. It's because it's God's word. It's his word. It is authored not from human minds, but from God's. It is God-breathed, the scriptures tell us. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You have a question about life? God's word is able to equip you for that question, for that dilemma for that next step. Second Peter 1.20 clarifies, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Carried along by the Holy Spirit. Just a little trivia, but yet it's important for us as Christians to understand God's word, how it is comprised, how it was composed. And so we know what? We know that this Bible that we hold in our hands is comprised of 66 books, some of which were letters between men like the Apostle Paul and the early churches as you arrive more towards the New Testament, 66 books recorded, written down, not authored, but written down, that's important, by 40 different people in three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, over a period of 1,500 years, and that's where your antenna should be going up. How in the world... How in the world over 1,500 years can something that is written, recorded by human hand, how can that be accurate when it's copied over and over and over again? But even with so many composers, most of whom never knew each other, which is even more amazing, from three different continents, completely different cultures, the Bible is yet the most consistent and accurate book that exists. How? The message originates with God. It's his Holy Spirit living inside the writer who uses his or her personality and style to communicate the message. Archaeologist Dr. Nelson Gluck, who himself was responsible for over 1,500 archaeological digs, sites in the Negev and 
Transjordan, he was quoted this as saying, no discovery has ever been made, ever, that contradicts or controverts historical statements made by Scripture. You see, God's Word is accurate through and through. In fact, I love the reality that you can look at other man-originated books and you can see that history lines up exactly. There are over 5,000 manuscripts and fragments of manuscripts preserved from the earliest centuries from which the New Testament can be reconstructed beyond any reasonable doubt. And so when you pick up your Bible, when you pick up your Bible, you can be confident that you are reading what God intends for you to read. But knowing all of that about God's word is only half of it because we must ingest it. We must apply it. We must choose to live according to it. And God has given us a divine helper to do this. And he's the fourth way that God has chosen for us to connect and communicate with God. And that is Jesus sends his Holy Spirit to live in us and empower us to live differently, to live according to his word. Last weekend, we affirmed that the Holy Spirit was present at creation. Jesus Christ was present at creation. Let us make man in our image, the Lord said. Through the Old Testament, we see God placing his spirit, the Holy Spirit, on people. Just as we mentioned earlier, Saul, king, when God placed his spirit on Saul, he spoke on behalf of God. Today, God places his Holy Spirit in his people, within us to lead us and to guide us and to speak through us. The most important job of the Holy Spirit was communicated by Jesus the night before he went to the cross when he said, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, don't you? You know him, for he lives within you and will be in you, with you and will be in you. And then Jesus concludes in chapter 16, verse 13, and when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. You see, because the Holy Spirit is God, he has all the attributes of God. He is eternal. He is everywhere. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. We receive him. And our baptism, Acts 2.38, informs us. The Holy Spirit gives us access into the thoughts and mind of God. I want you to think about that. And Paul explains it for us here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says, the Spirit, Spirit of God, searches all things, even the deep things of God. And then he poses this question to make the point. For who knows a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit within? In the same way, 
No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. God communicates with us through his Spirit who lives inside of us and connects us with him. He helps us to know. He helps us to understand the thoughts and the ways of God. It's where that peace that passes all understanding comes from at times in our life. We, we can't explain it. But there's this peace that comes over us when we become one with God and his spirit on a particular circumstance in our life. Personally, some of the most connective moments with God have come when I've been most obedient to the Holy Spirit's prompting. Have you not experienced that in your life? There's a lady, and there's some in this service here, too, that are on our encouragement team. You receive notes and cards from these individuals when you first come to MCC or when you have circumstances in your life and you've asked someone to pray for you or you're celebrating the birth of a child. And, and one of these ladies, the reasons why, one of the reasons why she's on that team is because she talked to me one day. She said, I really have this this." Desire, She said, I really don't like to write notes, but, but there's something inside of me that's telling me I need to write notes to people. And she talked about this time in her life where she drove through this subdivision, this, the, this back part of her neighborhood, and she saw a house and she, was, she just thought, I need to send a note to the person at that house. And so she, you know, she stalked them. She, she looked at their uh, mailbox. I love stalkers. They, she stalked them, got their number off of their mailbox. And just sent a card to that address. And then she later learned. She later learned about a circumstance in that person's life. And that note was right on time. That's how the Holy Spirit works in our life. You can be driving down the road. And Bill Stone comes to your mind. I love to pick on Bill Stone. Last week he was the ugly guy that I pointed out. This week he's the spiritual guy. But Bill Stone could come to your mind. We, we just buried a, a preacher who had served here back 30 years ago who had an amazing ministry. And, and Bill Stone had an amazing ministry here 20 years ago that opened the door for me to be here. And so every once in a while, Bill Stone comes to my mind. And it's my responsibility to stop what I'm doing and to say, hey, Bill, thank you. Thank you for being one who listens to the voice of God. Have you, have you experienced that? You've been driving down the road and you think of somebody, maybe it's someone that you just barely know, someone that you heard about at church who was just diagnosed with cancer and for some reason God puts them on your mind. What, what do you do in that moment? Well, you should pull your car over and put your flashers on and do whatever it is that God is telling you to do, to, to pray. To make a note in your phone that as soon as you get home to pull out your note card, to send a note, to walk across the room, to be obedient to that, and then come back and realize that God put that moment right in front of you. Jesus said this of his relationship with the Holy Spirit. He said the Son, speaking of himself, 
can do nothing by himself unless he sees the Father doing it. How does he see the Father doing it? Through the Spirit's connection with God. For who, whatever the Father does, the Son also does. The Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Shows him all he does. God will show you where he is working. It's up to you to be obedient to the Spirit. And listen, I've often said that the Holy Spirit is like, is like our conscience on steroids. The impulse will be strong until you have denied it over and over again. But it's by the Holy Spirit that we can connect and communicate with God through the fifth means he has given us, and that is prayer. That is prayer. Prayer allows us to communicate and connect with God directly who is the final authority over everything. I want you to think about that. Prayer allows us to communicate and connect with God directly. There's no intermediary other than the Holy Spirit who prays on our behalf when we don't have the words to say. You don't have to go to a priest. You don't have to pray through a saint. Because of what Jesus Christ has done, you have direct, immediate access to the father now there's so many things that could be said about prayer and we'll get and we'll spend a whole weekend or two talking about prayer but this weekend i want to show you something i want to show you three things about prayer and they come directly from matthew chapter 6 when the disciples asked jesus jesus teach us how to pray teach us how to connect with god the way that you connect with him Now, I need you to just be patient with me for just a minute. Amy's going to bring in some special guests. Don, I want you to get up, and I want you to come over here to this chair. I'm going to demonstrate something. Sit right here, Donald. Help help him up. Somebody wants to help him up there. Come on in. Come on in, kids. This is just a small sampling. It's just a small sampling of the kids from downstairs. Some of them belong to you. Don't forget to pick them up and take them home because we don't want you leaving them here after the service. But these, these little Petri dishes right here of germs, don't you all breathe on Mr. Don. But you guys come right around Mr. Don. I want you to just put your hands on him. You can lay your head on him. You can sit down there at his feet. You can sit wherever you want to. Don's got his, some of his family with him, his brother, his two sisters. He's got his lovely wife with him. Why don't you come up here and be next to Donald? Donald, last Thursday, you who receive our prayer emails, you know Donald was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer that's infiltrated his liver. This Wednesday, he goes in to begin his first chemotherapy treatment. They can't give him the second drug because he has to be on another drug first for a couple weeks to keep his colitis under control. He has really, really, really sensitive uh, intestinal tract and this drug that they're going to give him is just going to eat him up if he doesn't have that under control. But he begins chemotherapy this Wednesday. And so what do we do? What's the best thing that we can do for someone, whether that someone is ourselves or someone who stands at the door every weekend, who himself grew up in an orphanage, 
whose brother used to bring him suckers to the orphanage, probably the one of the few things that got him through the terrible experience that he went through as a child growing up in an orphanage with a Christian title that was anything but Christian. And the abuse that went on there. Who now stands at the door to make sure that every child in this church knows how loved they are. And just to throw your home off with having sugared up kids when they go home. But what does a person do? What's God's plan for that? His plan is that we connect with him. That we communicate with him through prayer. And I know in the darkest moments of my life, you can't convince me that it wasn't a child's prayer that God heard and responded to long before any prayer of mine. And so I've invited these little ones, and I invite you right now to experience prayer in the way that Jesus intended for us to experience it, as Jesus Christ himself would surround himself with little ones. Let's pray. Father, thank you. First of all, thank you for being you, our creator. The one who holds the universe and the galaxies, even the things that we could never lay eyes on in the palm of your hand. The one that scripture says created us before we were even knit together in our mother's womb. We come and we stand, we kneel, we sit before you acknowledging just who it is that we're talking to. And we are humbled by that and it takes what we are about to ask you and it puts it in perspective. Because you hold all things together. And Lord, you've been holding Donald and Tony together over these last few weeks as they have waited on this pathology and as they have waited on the next step of this plan to be revealed. And Father, we would dare not ask anything of you unless it be what you want for us and what you want for him. And God, therein lies the struggle that we have these ideas of what we want. And God, these ideas are not bad. We want to be healthy. We want to be whole. We want to be able to do the things that we feel like you have ordained for us to do in our life. But Father, those of us who've journeyed with you quite a piece, we understand that we want nothing that you don't want for us. Even the best of things, we want only what you would hand us. And I know that's Don's desire, even though Tony would plead with you at this moment that you would remove the cancer from him. And Father, you tell us to ask for anything, and so we do. We ask that. But Father, as one who has been handed exactly what I prayed 20 years for, I ask, Lord, on Don's behalf, that you would grant him only what he needs only what you've promised. And that, Father, as you've promised courage and as you've promised strength and as you've promised your presence, I pray that all of those would be Donald's in Jesus. Father, give him what he needs daily as we have all come to know and learn at various times in our life that you provide for our daily needs 
if only a day at a time. And we pray for that for Wednesday. We know that he'll need peace. We know that he'll need courage. We know, Father, that he'll need comfort. We know that his body will need your presence. We know that it will need you to decipher the good cells from the bad, that these terrible poisons that are in, put into a system would be able, attracted by those cells that are the most damaging to his body. And Father God, we are grateful that you lead us that you deliver us and that you have done the greatest thing for us and that you've forgiven us and you've invited us into this journey with you with the full backing of your very presence living inside of us. And so we're grateful for that in Donald's life. Father, 20 years he wouldn't have been able to withstand the pressure of it all, but today, today you stand and you hold him up. Thank you, Father, for that. And thank you for these little ones. And may they bear witness to the power of prayer and what it is to have you and to have a connection with you while we're in this world. We thank you for eternity that's ours in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Come, Lord Jesus, and come. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Now, I know you can get back downstairs to the things that they've got for you down there. Big times down there today, right? Looking at God's creation. You'll get a sucker later. All right, suckers are coming later. All right. Three things that we just did there in our prayer that I want you to write down and that I want you to make your own this weekend. Prayer allows us to connect and communicate with God directly who is what? Who is the final authority over everything. That's why we pray, God, your will. What it is that you want accomplished, just as it's being accomplished in heaven, that's what we want for our lives. And so through prayer, A, we acknowledge the greatness of who it is that we're talking to. When you go to prayer, there is no other name. There is no other being there certainly is no created thing, for God is not a created thing. He is the creator. We need to acknowledge the greatness of who it is that we have the privilege of praying and talking to, the creator of all things. Through prayer, we posture ourselves. We posture ourselves to listen to the one who is the authority over all things. Your will be done. God, you hear the posture? It's not, I want, you should, why didn't you? But you, what you want, what you do, that's what I want. Because I'm your created. And third, we trust. We trust and apply God's commands to our everyday choices. This is what we do in our prayer when we say, give us, God, what we need for today. We trust you that what you will give us is enough that it's exactly what we need. Forgiveness. God, we trust your forgiveness. And if you forgive us, how can we withhold forgiveness from other people? Lead us, Lord. We trust you to lead us. Where you lead, I'll follow. Deliver us. 
As we spend time talking with God, Jesus says, listen to this, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep, you and I, recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. We acknowledge, we posture, we trust. We apply. Philip Yancey said, when I pray, it may seem that I'm narrowing my world, retreating from the real world into a prayer closet, to use Jesus's words. Actually, I'm entering another world just as real but invisible, a world that has the power to change both me and the world I seem to be retreating from. <laughs> the final and the most important way that God has chosen for us to connect with him is through Jesus Christ. Through saying yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ, means that we now stand rightly connected to God. It's only through Jesus Christ that we can be rightly connected with God. That we are able to set our roots deep in relationship with him. Jesus is God's ultimate expression of his desire to connect and communicate with us in a way that we can grasp that's why in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways that we've all talked about. But in these last days, he has done what? He has spoken to us by his son. John wrote, in the beginning, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It's the greatest action. It's the greatest action by God. He chose to send his son as the ultimate act of his love and desire for us to know him, to connect with him, to hear him speak. Can you hear him? Can you hear him this weekend? Can you see him in creation? Have you heard him through the human voice of a pastor or a teacher who has pled with you? Has his word, the sword of the spirit, the Bible, has it cut through that outer shell of your life and touched you in a way today that has you wanting to know more, that has you wanting to connect, that has you wanting to communicate with him, to know his thoughts? Are you willing to pray to him and allow him to demolish the sin that separates you from him, to receive his Holy Spirit through baptism that connects you and settles it all between you and God. You see, my friends, God will whisper. God will shout. He will send others. He will give us all that we need through his holy word for life and flourishing. He sent his son Jesus so that we could know him and connect with him. And if there were a hundred steps, if there were a thousand steps between you and him, he would walk all but one. And the reason for the one step that he leaves, he leaves for us because the choice is ours. The choice is ours as to whether we will respond 
as to whether we will connect. <coughs> last weekend, Craig Lilly. Last Saturday night, Craig came with his friend David Allen and took that first step by surrendering his life to Jesus Christ in baptism. God had taken a thousand steps toward him, and finally, late in his life, he took the first and only one that's needed to choose Jesus as Savior and Lord of his life. Brad and Katrina Green, who are sitting, what are you doing in the back this week? <laughs> Their family, Cats, you're next. Yeah. <laughs> Their family, Callie and Wyatt and Isla and Briggs, they came and they do what immersed believers, what Christians do, they planted themselves. They're setting down roots in a family, as we'll talk about in the weeks to come, that can interlock and to hold each other up in the times of life. Can you hear Jesus' plea? Can you hear the distance that he has gone so that you can connect with him? Remember, remember God said before they call, I'll answer. You may have walked into this place today not calling, but God's already answering you, my friends. While you are still speaking right now, while you're trying to work all of this stuff out in your mind, how should I respond? What should I do? God is listening. He's been listening, and he knew that you would be in this moment right now. It's up to you to take that one step. And for some of you, that step is to come and to receive him as Savior and Lord of your life, to receive his spirit that lives inside of you, that brings understanding to these words, that gives you strength to apply these truths to your everyday living. For some of you, that next step is to plant yourself here, to take a risk and to say, I know churches are messy. We try to keep our mess limited to the carpet, but every once in a while, every once in a while, why does it get messy? Because people are messy, and that's how we grow in our trust in Christ. I would rather be around you messy people than to be out there in a godless world destined for hell. And so maybe your next step needs to be to plant yourself and to root yourself in this church family. For some of you today, it's prayer. You need someone to just help you over that hump. You don't need, you don't need me to pray for you. You don't have to come and pray through me or anyone else. Jesus Christ has made it possible for you to talk with God. We would just be honored to stand with you and to help frame some of those words if you would like. It begins like this. Father, thank you for bringing me here. Thank you, Lord, for the word that we have heard today that comes from a lame, or comes through a lame man that comes from a strong God. Your word that we can see written on these pages, that even though there have been some parts of my life, maybe even my toes hurt a little bit today for whatever reason, 
I feel like my toes have been stepped on. God, I can go back and I can look at your word and I can realize that it's not the preacher size 11s that did the stomping. But it's the sharp edge of the sword of your word that has cut through, that has cut through leather, that has cut through stone, that has cut through whatever it is that we've allowed to be a wall around us. God, the only wall that we want in our life is the protection of the Holy Spirit that covers us and seals us for the day that you come for us. And so God, today, may your word have its way just as your word promises that it will not return without, but that, Lord, it will bring us and it will bring all with it to you. We love you, Father. We respond now to this, this beautiful song that depicts, that depicts the words of your heart, words that we have examined today. As you have crossed time, you've crossed the boundaries of human flesh in order to call us to yourself. May we respond in love and in truth and in faith. Amen. Come as we stand and sing together.